0: So, John, last time we spoke, you gave me a piece of data that was amazing to me and that 92 percent of franchises succeed and stay in business. I think that's remarkable today. Let's talk about the top 10 franchise opportunities that are happening right now. What's number what's number one on your list, John, or do we want to start from the top? Absolutely. We cast the phone with this and these are in no order, but I'm really, my goal here is to just expose everyone
1: to the types of opportunities out there. You know, we're not going to get into the financials. I'd love to and sometimes I do in more time, but you know, all of them are fairly compelling. And I'll just say this, I'd say the majority of the ones we'll get on here, you can probably get into for between 150,000 and 300,000, all of in investment when you get the returns, they can be very, very compelling going through them. So, you know, what we'll do is we'll hit on a few different industries. We'll talk about the types of opportunities that are resonating out here today. And then, you know, kind of talk about the 10 that I feel strongest about. The first two that I'll touch on are in the property services space. You know, those boring, non sexy, cash flow type businesses, like we talked about on the last episode. You know, the first one is a business that is in paving. They, they fix cracks and potholes in parking lots, and they'll do repaving if needed. But you think about a B2B business out there, every business, any type of has a lot and these have to get updated every so often. This company does all the line striping as well. And so those things can become a recurring revenue type of business, a B2B that I, I'm sort of thinking about. Second one I'd mentioned, and I may have talked about this one last week because I love this little business. It's a gutter business. It's been in business over 20 years. Great founding team. Yeah, they do they do some gutter cleaning but it's mainly gutter installs. And so that's a $6 billion industry that's highly fragmented, a lot of modern populars. And here you've got a company that has the marketing dialed in. They've got a call center answering the phone. They've got all the technology around the systemization of the business. And they bring a white-collar approach to a large blue-collar industry. We just placed our 10th client with us in this past week. Several of our clients are doctors. We had a Wall Street attorney buy-in. We had existing business owners buy-in. We had corporate executives that were looking for the next thing. And you know, what's interesting is of like the doctors and the lawyer, I mean, they're going to keep their day job, but they want to get... You know something going on the side, and that's about two thirds of our clients. They're looking to get side hustle going, put a manager in place, and manage that manager. So we call semi-passive or semi-absentee.
0: So I think you went exactly where I wanted to go. I've been reading Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, and it's all about cash flow, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats. And what you're telling me is these opportunities, like the concrete, the gutter. If you set it up properly. It could be that cash flow business that doesn't require your hands in it day after day after day, hour after hour. Is that right? Yeah, and I don't want to sugarcoat it I makes mean, it sound easier than,
1: than it is. I mean, but ultimately in franchising, you've got that franchise or on the sidelines, their support team is helping your business. And so if you have a good manager in place, you're coaching that manager, you know, you're and you'll be a little more hands-on early on. They should go to that franchise over for all their technical questions and their support needs, and so it takes a lot of that burden off of you to be able to keep your day job or keep your existing business and get similar going on the side as you build out that investment portfolio.
0: Well, Sue, it's it's definitely appealing to me as someone who started this business about four years ago, made tons of mistakes, didn't have any infrastructure, didn't have any experience. So that ninety-two percent success rate is pretty interesting. John, what else do we have on our top ten list? Of the best franchise opportunities. Let's touch on the auto sector. You know, <laughs> electric cars give a
1: lot of headlines, but when you look at the oil change industry, there is still a very long road ahead. The AMJ cars on Roads, 12 years. We've had clients in the past year buying the three different oil change uh, brands. So sometimes it comes down to availability, and then it's, you know, what's in your market? Where are those good spots that are being underserved? And so, yeah, I, I won't focus on just one here. I'll just touch on all three as a, yeah, this is definitely where we put a major in place. Not one of our clients that bought in and had any background in the auto space, but they saw that business owner had on, saw opportunity, said so there's a way to go about this. And what's an old stodgy industry and it's not going anywhere anytime soon? number four, we'll touch on one in the senior care space. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of senior care providers out there. You, know, you think about in-home care providers and you know, we've got 10,000 people curing 65 every day. We probably have 10,000 turning 70 every day. And more and more, they want to age in place, you know, coming out with COVID. That was a trend before COVID actually, but even more so now. And, you know, it's a crowded space. There's a lot of providers out there. They all do pretty much the same thing. And, you know, a little differentiation. Well, there's one that we really liked. It was founded by a guy that had built a 700 location senior care business before. And he said, there's a better mousetrap to be had. Took all that knowledge, put it into a business that it's more of a recruiting placement type agency, kind of takes away a lot of the headaches that you have with traditional senior care. So that's what we've had a few clients buy into, again, with varying backgrounds to leave that business owner hat on and say, hey, people are always going to spend on the things they care about, their kids, their pets into
0: aging Paris, regardless of the economy. So I'd say those needs-based businesses are really low traffic. a lot. Especially with at least Americans living longer lives now, right? You you, you live longer, what are you going to do when your body breaks down? You need a place to stay. One of the things that has me kind of curious here, John, is previous experience. I'm not a car guy. If you ask me to change the oil on my car, I'd be like, okay, we're going to go to the local, the business to do that. How much experience do I need going into this Opportunity. Do I need to have experience with automotive? You don't. You don't. And plus of 90% of our clients end up in fields
1: they had no background in and they would be in. And that's kind of fun This introducing them to these. You know, when I was a franchise or a shelf genie, and I had franchise owners all across the North America. I really had a chance to see, you know, what was separated our top players from the middle of the pack you know, maybe versus some of those who weren't doing it as well. It really, and this sounds so cliche to say, but it came down to their willingness to follow the system. So if you go into the franchise and say, hey, I'm open-minded, I'm going to follow the Playbook and your coaching and your guidance and what your team says, you're probably going to perform pretty well. And so you've got that goal. Or you, I say, you also have to be good with people. And, and that's not just with clients. That's be someone that they want to the work you know, work hard for. it. And so, you know, being willing to make a tough call. If someone's not right fit and make that tough call, we, we have franchisees sometimes that didn't want to let people go when they weren't the right bit. So it's some of those intangibles that are very transferable across businesses, but they definitely play out in franchising as well.
0: Mm, love that. You're certainly not going to go anywhere far in life without knowing how to motivate people, without making sales. People make decisions based on people they like, right? Cool. So we've hit the first four. I'm very excited to hear the fifth idea. Let's get a quick word from our sponsor in. Yo, are you interested in business ownership? For many entrepreneurs, the journey starts with non-food franchising. Franchising is simply the better option for many entrepreneurs and demand is at an all-time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of Franbridge Consulting is here to help you today. John and his Franbridge Consulting team are part of the largest brokerage in the US and are constantly vetting the market thoroughly. Franbridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the non-food franchising world. They will find the best business for you, your personality, and your location from healthcare to dumpsters, from youth soccer to oil changes. Even insulation and windows. And the best part, it's 100% fee free, no additional costs to you. You may have heard John on Entrepreneurs on Fire. He has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor, a multi brand franchisee, and in fact, he's one of the top 1% consultants nationwide. Listen, sign up for a free consultation with the CEO, John today, not as assistant, not his sales team sign up for free with John today at franbridgeconsulting.com. That's franbridgeconsulting.com. And guess what? He's even going to send you a copy of his book for free, non-food franchising for free, free book. You got to love it. So go to franbridgeconsulting.com right now. All right, let's get into the episode all right boob john we're back tell me what's number five on your list of the top 10 franchise opportunities you know i just mentioned people spend on the things care
1: about. what would you spend on our, our list of the comments your aging parents your kids your pets your health your home so i think businesses in those kind of spaces here will bear well and those are the ones that are resonating out there more need space our next one is a dog training business again you think about dogs there's boarding there's know, house sitting there just walking but you know dog trading and this one just has a great reputation it's been around for a number of years we just placed some clients in Virginia uh, last week in this one and it's uh, you know it's a business that you don't need a physical location that's you know, remote you hire part time dog trainers and again they you're hiring people that care about dogs and then they train the traders. And so you don't have to have that background other than an interest in dogs and an interest in making money. You know, number six, I'd say is one in the soccer space. We shot some highlights in, in Dallas by this one two weeks ago great group behind this. It's a private equity group that put invests in all this technology, built out 15 corporate locations. Then they said, let's franchise this model. And you know, oftentimes you have software leagues in local communities. These guys partner with the leagues. And what they do is they provide one-on-one sessions and coaching. They'll provide clinics. They'll do camps. All these things that of what's currently going on in, in the world's most popular sports quickly growing. You know, oftentimes people want to take it a step or just the league as these guys come in and again, they got great technology, everything from the marketing to, you know, to the enrollment, to the scheduling, to the invoicing. It's all automated. So you don't have to come in and figure it out
0: yourself. That's, that's the thing that's scary to me. Like I own a business, I want to produce more cash flow, positive options. But having to learn all the processes, all the systems, all the marketing, the vision, the mission, all that stuff seems exasperating. So quick question here before we get on to the next on our top 10 list. How much training do I need outside of the franchise model to make sure that I have the right skills? Do you have any way of vetting people before they actually start their franchise opportunity? Yeah. And, you know, there's some businesses
1: that are more sales oriented and some of our clients will say, Hey, that's not the right fit for us. Or we'll come pick on that. And, you know, our whole exploration process is, is designed. It's entirely free to work with us, you know, just very fun by the for You know, we're, we're helping them think through what are you good at? What do you want that day-to-day to look at, look like, you know, how much can you invest? How much time can you put into business? And so, you know, through the process, people really wake up to, Hey, this actually really does fit me I guess I should move forward, or hey, this isn't going to be the right fit. So I'd say, you know, from a skill set standpoint, there's, I mean, we should always improve in certain skills. But again, depending on how you're looking to run the business, and it may be that it's a sales-oriented business, and you don't have a sales background and you don't really want to learn sales. Well, then your first key hire could be someone with a great sales
0: background. So you kind of compliment complement your own skills with the on Brilliant, brilliant. So let's get on to the next section. I do want to, or the next item on the list i will say concrete paving gutter business senior care dog training these industries ain't going anywhere people still love their dogs people still love our we love our parents and our grandparents they ain't going anywhere the oil change industry is interesting to me although i i mean i can't imagine that being completely phased out anytime in the next decade so we'll see what else is on our list john what else you got for me yeah no not I, I mentioned the oil
1: change industry projection more 15 years from now less than two percent of cars on the road will be electric now a lot will be manufactured, but as far as not electric cars on the road and they're continue will continue to used saw my wife at new Yukon back in december 2023 it's not electric. we're going yeah. to try i think for many years so important so number number seven i believe we're on i love this this is which is in the niches if ever there was an example. So business that has temporary walls. So you think about construction sites, you know, oftentimes they put up walls around those construction sites. Yep. You know, you think about like, in doctor's offices and hospitals are always undergoing renovations. You know, in hotels and in retail, you always have some little renovation project going on and they need to block those in. And oftentimes we can, you know, look aesthetically pleasing to Israel's protection and liability of the landlord. So this business sets up the walls essentially sits back and collects red checks while they're in use and then they break them down at the end so this one's been growing really fast again a b2b business which a lot our clients say hey we want that idea of having a business customer in the day these walls, once they're in use, they paint themselves in 70 days of rent. So you're building up this inventory of walls, you're deploying them. Uh, you know, it's a very clean, clean type business, you know, if you think about it that way. So, yeah, we've had clients in Dallas and St. Louis and New Jersey buying into this one. It's really, really
0: doing fire out there. That, that is, I'm like, that one gets me jazzed up because, you know, my wife, there's a ton of construction happening down here in South Florida, and my wife and I are always commiserating that it's taking forever to finish these projects. Now, the flip side would be if you own the temporary wall business, you'd be like, "Take as long as you want, you're good." That's right. And it's, it, there's That's like right. no upkeep to that either. You you put them in when the job's done, you take them out, right? I mean, that seems like that seems like magic to me.
1: Absolutely. And these walls in this particular HS system, you know, and they, they would say they're the only ones out here to do the setup and the take down, as well as the, the rest of the piece. Well, oftentimes you use contractors for that. you don't have to have a large sheet the you know, walls are dust repellent. they can go in this you know labs or in other medical facilities kind of checks all those boxes and so you know, it's just little things when you drill down to hey you know choice provider oftentimes it's an ongoing you know revenue type source so along that one you know for these last three mark what i'd love to do is touch on a couple of opportunities in what I would call an investor model. So you know, owner, operator, someone who runs a business themselves, semi semi absentee, semi-passive, and they kind of manage that manager, you know, they tag into the franchise order management. I'd love to see more businesses fall into this last category because a lot my clients love it it's called an investor or executive model and there's probably four or five companies out there today that offer it i'm hoping that more will show on board essentially what it is is the franchisor will manage the business for the the mm-hmm. franchisor who knows the business best and for them it's just a way of expanding it's another balance sheet item so essentially it's Essentially it's corporate run, but it's investor funded, if you think about it that way. And so it's kind of that holy grail that future one. And so our first business in there is a business that operates in custom orthotics and insole space. They do three use 3D printing to produce specialized insoles, you know, for everyone from a high school athlete to the guys like myself, that plantar fasciitis or other, you know, related, uh, and, and such to the older population, a lot of Medicare recipients, a lot of diabetics and it's all technology driven. Anyway, this is a business that has recently introduced at my request, an investor model, because they were already opening corporate locations. They said, might as well do this on franchisees. So just a beautiful financial model around the business. You know, only a couple of employees needed. It is retail-based, but it's kind of retail light. You know, it's not a huge investment to get into. I'm in the process I kind of actually purchased Sage a whole lot for the locations myself in, in this one, kind of adding to my repertoire. I failed to mention this but well, the first one I mentioned today, that concrete paving line striping is what I'm also an investor in. So, nice. um, you know, love, love the space personally as well. So anyway, that's the customer orthotics. And then the last two, you know, kind of going back to property services, there's one in the insulation space, the office, that investor model, and this one has been flying. We just had some clients by Tampa, some other clients by just south of Tampa as well. And markets are just getting taken right up. and left, but it's a spray foam insulation model, you know, which is a $53 billion industry, massive industry, highly fragmented, only a couple of big players on it today. And, you know, spray foam is where the insulation industry is moving, in case you didn't know. And, and so anyway, these guys have a great model. And the last one, kind of an investor model as well, is a tech-related one that's mobile tech grooming, you know, focused in the dog grooming space. So, again, recurring revenue, people are outsourcing everything today. The last thing they want to do is take their dog down to you know to the local shopping mall so they have someone from out their house that's an expert in the space that does it for them. And this is one where they, the the franchise was willing to run it on behalf of the investor. You know, you pay with me, fee it's like five percent of revenue on average. you know, but the math still checks out and you have all your time, and in those models, you get on a call, maybe two calls a month, and usually just one call. And the team takes you through the KPIs or key performance indicators to the business, you know, results. And you know, there are decisions to be made, and you weigh in on those decisions. But overall, it's turnkey and a very clean way
0: to invest. Well, in because my wife and I again talking about this, how can we turn our cash into cash flow? Right, you know the the last thing we want is money rotting under our our bed while inflation runs out of control. I want my money to work for me. And so this idea of I invest in a business that will run automatically is obviously very exciting. That idea of I'll buy a home, that'll be my, my greatest asset has been kind of flipped on its head. Again, in this book I'm reading, I'm trying to wrap my head around this though. This sounds too good to be true. Like I invest 150K, I buy the business and then it just, it just recurs for me. Right. So like, on the mobile pet grooming, who's hiring the people to actually do the pet grooming, right? Yeah. Who's, who's managing the insurance or the customer complaints and stuff like that? Because I run a business already, right? I'm, I'm trying to spend spring break with my kids at Legoland. I don't want to be called because you know, my groomer used the wrong shampoo on the dog. Like how do I avoid that?
1: Yeah, so I, ultimately they're managing it. So they've got a manager that's managing. You know your local market. Let's just say Orlando. They're managing Orlando for you, and they're you know, and you know, as they scale off as the business grows, you know, you're adding additional vehicles. I mean, you're 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 signing for the leases behind those vehicles. I mean, it's still your business end of the day, but you're ultimately, you know, they're the ones that are hiring, firing. You know, making personal decisions along the way. And yeah, you know, I back, you know, just to word on what's happening, we had a handful of corporate markets, something that eight of them. And oftentimes we use those for testing different things when we get a reason for them. But it would be so easy to just hand those over to a franchisee and say, hey, you essentially know, you fund it. We'll take a management fee on this. And, you know, we're already running with business. So it allows a franchisor to expand more rapidly. It allows them to do things the right way. I mean, when I mentioned the idea to foot solutions fairly recently, the CEO said, that's a no-brainer. We're already doing the AVI infrastructure. We can support it. Plus, this is going to get us managing the business the right way. We're worse in terms like to off the side of the road they, and how they look at it. So, you know, it's it's kind of a win-win all the way around. And that's why I'm hopeful the four franchisees will show on more. Those are in a position to be able to do a map of franchisees. Yeah, but Mark, i, I mentioned real fast. You, you know, and we talked about this in the last episode, but if anyone wants to learn more about these opportunities or engaged, It's entirely free to work with us. It's very much like an extension of search type models. We work with over 600 different franchise companies. Any given term, there's probably 50 or 60 that we feel are the best of the best, but we're more than happy to share our book with any of your listeners and happy that you potentially get
0: on a call and start the castles. Yep. And that's at franbridgeconsulting.com. I'll put a link below to franbridgeconsulting.com. And you you have me at free book, right? I hop on a free call, I get to learn more about the space, and you'll send me a free book that. Is a win-win. That's at FrambridgeConsulting.com. John, before we close down here, I do have one more question for you. You mentioned that you've personally been involved in several of these different franchise businesses. What was your biggest surprise? What was what was a franchise that you bought into and it really surprised you?
1: Yeah, I, you know, it, it all, it's just because I feel like I've been very positive throughout this whole episode. They all touched something I that was a challenge. You know, I had two partners and a similar three-headed monster, and I don't think we articulated well enough in our operating agreement, you know, kind of what the role and charm was. I thought we had it the time, but at hindsight, you know, our operating manager, you know, one of the three partners, it was kind of pointing fingers once we're in the Gray and it's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be doing this. No, you're supposed to be doing this. So this falls under your role. And so I think a lot of learnings from that, we ultimately concluded he wasn't the right guy. Some other partner and I had to get him out of the business and tons of lessons learned around that. And then my other partner had to step in to run the day to day. So yeah, I think getting things set up, being wise in the beginning, especially when you have partnerships is smart. You, know, you just think about every possible situation and what things you know do get hairy at some point? Who's going to make the decision? Who's going to step up and lead? It, you know, so so you know, wanted to kind of balance out with some positivity here with a real world. You know, things can don't always go as planned. Upward trajectory. Sometimes you have little bumps in the road, and, and you have to clean for those.
0: Is that something that Frambridge helps with? You know, hey, this is the structure we're thinking about. Hey, you know, do you have a way of me- making sure that you got the right partners working together? During that consulting.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we don't do them to any of the partners of the part of on on the on which I to try to figure that piece out. But what we do is provide, you know, feedback from our experience, this world well clients experience to say Hey, you know, in your operating agreement, you'll probably want to have these kind of clauses and lyrics yeah. or something to think about. And franchise are always going to advise on that too. And their goal is to set you up to be successful. So they're going to help you think through those things. So I'd say it's kind of a tag team approach. We do have some resources that people want to go deeper into some of that, that we can point them to. We have an ecosystem of partners, not only on the funding side, and then we have a franchise attorney. We have a partner of ours that helps longer clients, but we also have a coach and we have a recruiter. So we really try to bring those resources and experts in the space.
0: Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. John, before we get into the rapid fire section, I have another quick question for you. What is the most underrated franchise opportunity going into 2023 and twenty four? Oh, that's a great
1: question. Underrated. So we've yeah, got one that I'm very excited about that I'm also an investor in. And this one, I'm invested in the franchise levels. almost trying to get the teens right here, but I'm talking about Shelf Genie. our custom pull shelving Shelf Genie, for kitchens and pantries. It's probably a $60 million market and Shelf Genie does 50 million of that. Well, the, the awareness of the space needs to be greater. So I think more entrance will be a better thing. There's a company that I, I'm invested in that's just kind of a competitor to the Chini. Again, I think there's plenty of pie to go around. So I don't think it's gonna take from Chini. it's just it's gonna build an awareness. But it's one that, you know, it's based on a very proven model with, with the founder of Chini is now leading with some other company. And so I think that, you know, as that gets franchised this next year, it's already got successful corporate locations. It's one to watch that's not really on people's finance yet.
0: Okay. Sounds cool. I'm going to have to stay in touch with that. And by the way, if you could see my kitchen cabinets, you would see that we definitely need a shelf genie because it's a hot mess. It's a mess. My wife will bl- blame me. I'll blame her. But at the end, it's a mess. That's the result. So, John, rapid fire section here. Listen, y'all, get the free book. Go to franbridgeconsulting.com. It costs you zero dollars to start to investigate and look at franchising as a, as a more serious way of developing revenue, cash flow. That's what it's all about, baby com link below. Cool. John, rapid fire. You ready, baby? Let's do it. All right. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Who you got? Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Same, same here. Without a doubt. Yeah. If you could f- take a plane ride with anybody, who would you want to be on a flight with? I think... Or President Bush,
1: just some interesting times that he had to navigate. It was eight years of office, and you would never more involvement since. I mean, I not political here. I just think that was a passing period in the nation's history, and it would be a really interesting pick story. Brilliant. College, overrated or underrated? Great question. It's certainly evolving. So it depends on the timing of this episode, right? <laughs> so it's released, I've always been a very big believer in it uh, myself, but I do see a lot of opportunities, especially some of the businesses from working where that degree is not required. So I'd say today it's overrated. Okay. Ch- chat GPT,
0: AI, overrated, underrated.
1: So if you go out and chat GPT and type in non food franchising, the, the title of our book, you can actually get a poem out there. I have a poem written on it that I that I found. It's it's fascinating. I think it's I think it's where we're headed. It's all in other business centers. Everyone's trying to assist themselves. If you're not looking at your business and you're being left behind, so it's uh, it's underrated, overrated today. That's where we're moving.
0: Brilliant. If you had one piece of advice for yourself before you got into the franchise world, what would that one piece of advice be? You know, I think I'm always put
1: a lot of pressure on myself to have things figured out. And, you know, I share this advice with a lot of younger people in their careers is activity breeds activity. And I think not overanalyzing, not sitting there contemplating and pontificating on different options. they you know, rather starting to move in the direction of option A or option B. Very oftentimes when you do, option C comes out of left field. So it's the whole idea that activity breeds activity, doors open when you start to look at
0: emotion. You've heard it from John. I agree with it. Start taking action, activity, baby. Hop on a call with John. Learn more about the space and get your free book, Non-Food Franchising. John, thanks for joining us, bud. Enjoy tomorrow.